0: Hey, you're listening to Just Say the Word. I'm your host, Erin Sanchez, and this is a storytelling podcast. In every episode, you'll hear a story from me or my guests from around the world. Then we'll encapsulate a key lesson from that story in just one word you can apply in your own life or business. If you're an entrepreneur looking to get inspired and make your mark on the world, you're in the right place. Your story is your legacy, and I want to help you tell it better. Visit candidlyerin.com for more writing, communications, and personal branding advice. Welcome to today's episode. Today, I have special guest, Blake Bins. He's a business coach, founder of goodadvicecoaching.com. He's the host of the Blake Bins podcast, and we're going to learn all kinds of other things about him. Um, so welcome to the show today, Blake, and thank you so much for taking time to be on.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Yeah, no, I was... I was excited to be connected to you through Lila. I mean she's such a great connector, and I always trust you know the people that she um she points me to so um I'm really glad that we crossed paths and then we had a conversation um just a quick conversation to kind of get to know each other and I really loved your story um I love origin stories, and so I thought it would be really cool to kind of talk about how you got started in the coaching business because. It often starts with identifying a problem, and I think that was the case for you. So, do you want to just share a little bit about how you got started?
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know, like I said a few minutes ago before we started, I I can tend to ramble, so you might have to like keep me in the lanes just a little bit. But <laughs> no worries, I, I definitely won't start as early as like the day I was born. <laughs> Sounds uh, good. <laughs> you know, the bottom line for me is I've always been an encourager by nature, and I really just growing up, I found myself in these conversations with people where Basically, I would, I would try to be a good listener and they'd talk about what was going on. And it was almost kind of like this therapeutic, um, this, this conversation where I just, I just tried to encourage people and make them feel capable of doing things. And what ended up happening was when I was in school, I was actually, when I was in college, I was actually a pre-med major because I had grown up watching uh, the, the show ER, which I don't know if you ever saw it, but it had George Clooney on it. And, you know, if George Clooney's on it, you got to watch it. So
0: <laughs> I remember it, but I actually admittedly did not watch it.
1: <laughs> so it was a really good show. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be a doctor. This is really cool. And so, you know, like a typical college student, I waited till I got to my senior year of college. And then I was like, man, do I really want to do this? And sure enough, I was like, I hate this. I do not want to do this at all. I was very fortunate because I had actually a job offer from a organization that places teachers in uh, low income schools and so had somebody who was like, hey, we'd love for you to come work for us. We'd love for you. We want to invite you to apply. And then you'd go to like Houston, Texas, which is where I ended up going. And you'll start, you'll be a full-time teacher, which I was like, yeah, let's do that. And, <laughs> yeah, and so I uh, actually went and became a full-time teacher. And what was really funny, is, and I don't I don't know your background, but for me, I grew up in a a pretty well-off community and it was also a fairly white community and so typically what you see in any community of any kind that's that's mostly insular is you find people there's all these different stereotypes about other cultures and so you know I had people when I was talking about going to inner city Houston they were like oh my gosh are you gonna get shot like oh my gosh you're gonna you know it's like that I don't know if you ever saw that old movie uh I can't think of what it's called but like the teacher comes in to like the the school with all the gang people. And it's like, you know, she's trying to, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the name, but I do know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Right. Right. And so you have all these like cliches and stereotypes and, you know, mildly racist things being said. And so I go into the school district and immediately it's, it just totally opens my eyes to how like amazing uh, these kids are. And I start to understand that. So one of the stereotypes I had been told was, was basically, kids in inner city schools don't care about their education, which is not true at all. What's actually happening is a lot of these kids, because they are in pretty dire circumstances, many of them are working full-time jobs while they're going to school. And so like, we'd get out of school at like 4.30 in the afternoon, and then a kid would go work their full-time job as the primary breadwinner for their family till about like two or three in the morning. And then they would get up and go to school and the process would repeat. And so your kid, your student wouldn't be disengaged because they're lazy. It would be because, you know, they're just exhausted. Yeah, wow. Well, so basically what happened was working in the school district, I was trying to figure out why is it so hard for these kids to be successful? And I came to realize, really, it fell on the leadership. You had these principals who were, in some cases, frankly, not very interested in the outcomes of the kids. They were interested in their own careers. You had a lot of principals who were, you know, micromanagers and very toxic. And the bottom line is I thought, wouldn't it be cool if I could take this passion for encouragement and turn it into maybe coaching principles on how to be better bosses for their teachers. And from there, I decided to go work on a doctoral degree in education. And while I was there, I got recruited by a business coaching company that basically wanted someone with an education background to help them with some of their content. And the rest is kind of history. I got in there and I was like, oh my gosh, there's bad bosses everywhere. It's not just (laughs) in public education. And so uh, that was probably about four years ago. And I've just stayed in business consulting ever since.
0: Yeah, that is so powerful because it's that idea of the misconceptions, you know, um, I don't know. I mean, I know I came from a very white community, but on the sort of other end of the spectrum from you, um, it was a very economically depressed area. So it was like agriculture and ranching, you know. And of course, um, it was the same for me when I, when I left that area. And that's what my very first podcast episode is about: is like that that changed worldview and just kind of opening your eyes up to other things. And I I love the idea that, you know, when we get outside of our bubble. I mean, we just never know where it's going to lead us. So that that's right. a really great story. Um, I appreciate you sharing that. So well, go ahead. No, I was go
1: ahead. just going to say, you know, a lot of the times, you know, when we talk about like unconscious biases, it's you have a worldview and it's not your fault. It's just, it's just what you've grown up in, right? Yeah. And so until you get, until you mix your desire to meet other people with also like a level of empathy for people who maybe don't um, look like you act like you have the same background as you. I think, I think we all benefit as a whole from that rather than let me just cling to my bubble, which feels very comfortable and safe.
0: Absolutely. No, I totally agree. And, and I'm curious, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but I think it it started to kind of bubble up when we had our initial conversation is you're in Arkansas, right? Yes. (laughs) And I'm sure that people have, like different stereotypes about you and the people that are in your community as someone from Arkansas. I mean, again, you don't have to go into this if you don't want to, but it just seems like something that, um, you probably come across.
1: Yeah. Well, it's actually pretty, for me, it's exciting because I'm, I'm a huge fanatic of where I'm from. I love Arkansas you know, I lived in Houston for a while and then I, I moved back to Arkansas and that was a really positive point in my life because I was excited to come back here. Mm-hmm. Um, I do hear a lot of stereotypes. I hear things like, so probably the most common one I hear is I tell people I'm from Arkansas and I realize they don't know where that is. And so I'll say, yeah, I'm from Arkansas. And they'll say, oh, I have a cousin who lives in, and then they'll name a city in a different <laughs> in a different state. Yeah, right. Like I have a cousin in Mobile and I'm like, oh, that's Alabama. And they'll be like, <laughs> oh i have a cousin in phoenix and i'm like oh that's arizona but (laughs) you know you got you got the first letter down and you know um i think what's really what's interesting about arkansas it's kind of this hidden gem where you have so my community we call it northwest arkansas and you have walmart headquarters you have tyson headquarters you have jb hunt headquarters i mean that's three fortune 500s right there one -hmm. of them being fortune one who are all located here in our city. And so you also have all of these vendors and these people who support those companies who are also based here. And on top of that, you have this incredibly beautiful, healthy economy, uh, beautiful state, um it's it's there's a lot going for it and it's it's what's funny is how many people aren't aware they kind of just think of like hillbillies who are barefoot (laughs) right but really we have 30 people who move here every day uh fayetteville has been a top five happiest places to live for like the last decade i mean it's just so so all to say for me i don't get offended by it i i just get really excited at the opportunity of okay let me tell you about this secret that is Northwest Arkansas that maybe you don't know about.
0: Oh, that's great. What a great perspective because the, you know, those things that you mentioned um, I think are absolutely the way that a lot of people who have either never been there or never been, you know, even in the South or whatever um, they, they just don't know that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think, I think that's a great perspective.
1: You know, and it's not, I, I think another reason not to get offended is because it's not their fault. Right. I mean, they, all you have is people aren't typically purposely ignorance. You know, they're ignorant because they just don't know. And so there's things that I'm ignorant about because I've never had an opportunity to engage with another perspective. And so that's another reason why I try not to be offended or annoyed or tired by, oh my gosh, another person who doesn't know where Arkansas is because, you know, I mean, we, (laughs) that's just how life goes. I mean, there's just things that we know about and things we don't. And so let's, let's get over the offense and actually start engaging with one another. Um, yeah, Definitely. I think that's a lot more positive.
0: Yeah, and a lot more productive. And right. uh, no, that's that's a great um, approach. I love that. So tell me, just getting back into your business coaching, because what I liked about, what I heard about, and of course I was like, okay, let's not go too deep because I want to save it for the podcast. <laughs> but what I really liked about your business coaching is And I'm not, you know, no shade. I'm not calling anyone out here because I'm in like the marketing and personal branding space and all of that. But that's so often now what you see as, um, you know, business coaching, it's really kind of taken over and you are in a kind of a different niche. And I'd love to hear just a little bit more about how you help, like, you know, when you go into businesses, like what do you do for them?
1: Sure, sure. Well, I think it's totally fair for you to point out that, so basically what i my, the, the previous firm that I worked with was basically all local business. We had some national brands that we worked with. Um, Chick-fil-A is one really good example. And basically what, what ended up happening was whenever I moved on from my consulting gig, we didn't really have much competition, if that makes sense. Like there's, there's these massive national brands, like consulting companies like Deloitte that charge like an arm and a leg. And for us as a small consulting firm in you know random, you know, backwoods Arkansas, uh, it, it just wasn't really hard for us to find clients and so that was a bias of mine it was an ignorance of mine of oh my gosh this is so this is so much untapped potential and so whenever i started my coaching company i all of a sudden i was like oh my gosh there's like millions of these people and they're everywhere and mm-hmm. like i'll be like scrolling through facebook and i'm like that guy's in his garage he's filming from his garage he's <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like, (laughs) I'm watching thinking like, and I I don't mean like in a rude way where it's like, you know, people like weren't deserving of the title. It was just, oh my gosh, this is completely a saturated field. And so Mm -hmm. for me, I just, I tried to really leverage the results I had already gotten, but also I tried to really niche down on, you know, what am I really helping people do? And so for me, what that looks like is I'm helping companies essentially grow and scale. And when we talk about growing and scaling, a lot of businesses, they think of more customers and they think of dollar signs. And so what they then think sometimes is like, oh, like marketing or digital advertising or, and those things are important. They're good for your business. You need them to grow your business. But, but the, the thing that often gets ignored is the human capital side of it. If I'm going to scale my business at some point, I'm going to be incapable of doing everything because I can't clone myself, right? And yeah. I don't want to work an 80 hour week. I mean, that's, that's, that's for a lot of business owners, that's the whole reason why they left their job is because they didn't want to you know, have those exhaustive hours. And so at some point you're going to need human capital, which means hiring people. I had always been really passionate in like the leadership and management space. And for me, it just has always made a lot of sense. And so uh, for me, my focus as a business coach is really it's two things. It's what are you going to go to market with is the expression. It's basically what are you trying to sell and is it meaningful? But then the, the bread and butter, the sweet spot for me is let's talk about management. Let's talk about leadership. Let's talk about culture because I was reading a lot of horror stories from small business owners of like, like I had one guy who was like, you know, it's just actually two different guys. I had one guy who was like, you know, man, millennials are just unmanageable. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm a millennial and you're telling me that. So (laughs) I don't know if you're wanting me to agree. And then I had a second person say, you know, it's just impossible to find good work these days. And I actually polled, I surveyed a thousand business owners on what their number one problem was. And 35% of them said, it's finding good talent, it's finding good employees. And I, I began feeling really impassion- emboldened about, about this and passionate about it, because I was like, are millennials really that hard to manage? I mean, is it really that hard to find good talent? Or are you just, <laughs> are you just a bad boss? <laughs> right. You just, you know, and I obviously, I, I try not to be so abrasive when I first meet people, but I, um, I began to be very vocal on this topic and you know I guess people liked it because people started to cling to it and um really resonate with it and you know find value in it and so I don't know if that answers your question or if I just rambled or not
0: Yeah no no it does um and and I think it it's a good transition into um talking about so I think where it started for you with like identifying that issue in your teaching career, right? With the principal, or you know, mm. you can kind of look at that as like the leadership team or whatever. And that kind of maybe either sparked your interest in that or it's like you already had that kind of interest, you know, b- bubbling up in there somewhere. Um, and so you were able to identify it. But I I love that you start there because, you know, they say, and I'm sure you've seen this quote, you know, all across social media, people don't leave jobs they leave bosses right so you know even if you are like you know maybe you don't want to admit that you might be the problem as the manager as the boss or whatever you you also have to accept that you need Mm -hmm. to also work on you know um your management right just because it's got to all work right the full circle so
1: well in in You know, what's really interesting too, another thing that created a lot of momentum for me was, so growing up, I had been going to this, I went to the summer camp as a kid that was just phenomenal. And I ended up becoming a staff person on that summer camp's team. And then also eventually became one of the main camp directors who was running the camp. And all they talked about was leadership. And so for me, when I began teaching and I was seeing these very dysfunctional principles, it was like, in, it was in, it disconnected with what I knew to be true about leadership and management and what I had seen work. And so it, you know, it wasn't even so much like the pain of bad bosses that I was like, oh, hey, I should, I wonder if I could go teach people on this. It was like, I, I know what I think about management and I know it works. And then what really built momentum for that was I began talking about it and being very vocal about it, not really knowing if people would be like, hey, dude, you're an idiot. Like, what, are you, what are you doing right, but then I started seeing I started seeing people who were much more influential than me say the same things, like I, I remember I had this big post on culture and like toxicity in the workplace, and then uh, Gary Vee posted something very similar, probably because he stalks my profile for good advice
0: right, of course but
1: <laughs> but I saw that, and I started seeing he had hundreds of comments of people being like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing." And, and also around the same time, this book came out from Gallup, which all of your listeners need to check out. It's called, it's the manager. Mm -hmm. And essentially one of the main key points that I had been talking about for my own clientele and and for my own brand was anytime there's a problem with an employee, 99% of the time, it's not the employee. It's guess what? It's, it's, it's you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so this book comes out, it just came out probably six months ago, that that's the whole premise of the book. It's, it's, if your people aren't, being successful, it's the manager that's causing that. And so seeing these things developing really gave me the confidence to, okay, Blake, you're, you're onto something here. You really get something here. Now it's just time to own it and really make that part of your brand.
0: That's so relatable. It's so funny. Last night I just had this thought and I was like drafting up just a social media post on an article or anything like that. And it was kind of this same idea where I just think it's so funny how in private we're like, I know I'm so capable of this and I'm so you know, you put these ideas down, then maybe you start to doubt them and you turn around and some big influencer or big brand says the same thing and everybody's like, Oh, you're you're so you're such a genius, you know? And instead right. of like comparing or being mad that somebody else said it, I mean nothing, everything. That said has already been, you know, everything you could say has already been said, but right. that doesn't mean there's not value in it. That doesn't mean that you won't say it in a way that, you know, um, a particular audience or tribe or whatever you want to call them is going to resonate with your message over Gary Vee or whoever. Mm-hmm. Right. So, well, um, I love that.
1: I think, I think people are, I think we're a bit too, we give, we give other people too much authority in our lives. Meaning we especially when you're new and you're just starting out i mean it's it's hard and especially i think people who are quote getting it now are understanding how valuable formats like video and podcasting are and so you'll talk to someone who's just getting started and like the first sign of rejection Mm. will totally crush them and it's like i'm quitting i'm done i'm never going to do this again i mean i was speaking at an event uh i guess last week and i was showing some really positive testimonials well then i put one up of someone who was basically like blake you're an idiot and you are ruining you need to delete your post cuz you're ruining so many businesses by your <laughs> by your bad advice and like my my company's called good advice and so i was like oh, okay i get what you're doing there yeah <laughs> which, clever which,
0: clever <laughs>
1: yeah right but so here, here's my point is that you know sometimes we give people so much authority that we allow them to dictate our perception of our own value instead of understanding that you're going to have this really incredible insight, but it's not for everyone. I mean, you're going to share something that's incredible, but it's not for everyone. And and just just like there's someone who's going to say, hey, you're an idiot and that's dumb. There's literally 10 more people who who are thinking, oh my gosh, that's phenomenal. That's exactly what I needed. That's And so all that to say, I, I think people have to really when they're in their private life, you know, when they're going to bed at night and they're like, man, I really, this makes sense to me. I get this. Like, this is something valuable. The next step is to actually like really believe that and walk that out. And you know, screw the haters, I guess. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, you're, you're pretty much, this is like the copy that I was just writing early this morning for my website. Almost, st- almost exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. You must have hacked my computer. Cause so I haven't yeah, even published it yet. <laughs> no, um, no, it's definitely, I mean, I'm right there with you and you know, there's always a struggle with entrepreneurship I think where it's like we start to look for the external validation. And I always have to come back and kind of ground myself and be like, no, this is what, you know, it doesn't matter what that one person said, like we let the negative feedback outweigh all the positive too. Like we focus, like hyper-focus on one comment, you know? And mm-hmm. so it's something I think people really do, you know, need to be aware of and keep kind of top of mind is like you said, you know, you know your value, you need to you know stick to it and um, like you said, ignore the haters, right? <laughs> or the trolls or whatever you want to call it
1: yeah, right
0: um, I'm curious um as as we were talking i'm I'm curious <laughs> if you use your teaching skills uh in your business coaching at all, like is there any crossover there?
1: yeah, I mean, so like for me, yeah, first of all, absolutely i I man, I am so grateful to God for the positions that I've been in that. Absolutely, because here's something else that's really interesting too: is that people sometimes think that when they leave one job, that like, like they're they're saying goodbye to that forever, instead of understanding that like what you've been through and your experiences you've been through, those are such valuable. I mean, it's it's the it's you know it's the building blocks that get you where you are today, right? And so, like, I absolutely could not be the coach I am today without my background in teaching. So, a couple of really good examples of this when I was teaching. I was teaching ninth through twelfth grade, and so I'd have maybe this this twelfth grader who uh, English is not their first language, and and you're teaching them, you know, high school, which in hindsight, high school isn't really that hard, but it's it's for them, it's, it's for anybody in high school, it's it's a high level concept. Well, they're not proficient in English; they don't speak as as much English as the, as someone maybe in a different community might. And so you're teaching them this words that they don't even know. So like a good example of this was I was talking about when I was a science teacher, I was talking about kittens, you know, like baby cats. Mm-hmm. And I had this one student who was like, what the heck is a kitten? Like, I don't know what a kitten is. And, and my point is you have these really casual words that you don't even really think about is the person tracking with me. So what I had to do in teaching was I had to take these really complicated concepts and think about, okay, how do I strip away all the noise and communicate this concept, you know, like, like cell mitosis and cell meiosis. Like, Mm. how do I teach these things in really simple, understandable, and often using analogies ways? Well, when I went on to teach with people, or excuse me, to coach with people, I I took that same thing with me. And what, what the way that's empowered me is because when you, when you look at the dysfunction of your business, 90% of the time, the problems that you're having is not this overly complicated deal. Now you've, you've probably made it complicated because of your own emotion or because of so many moving parts, but there's a very simple answer. And so a good example of this might be something like, um, okay, I have an employee who is not turning things in on time or not not getting their work done on time. And so you're, you're slaving away trying to figure out how do I help this person actually improve their their behavior. Well, a simple answer might be, or a simple question you might ask might be, well, have you told them? Hmm. Have you told your employee that, hey, they're not performing well and that they need to do it better? Well, no, I couldn't do that. That would be, I don't want to micromanage them. I don't want to, you know, and so you have all these, all this noise, these answers in your mind that keep you from just doing the simple answer. And so my background in having to create simplicity has now allowed me, whenever I challenge business owners to do business better to give them very simple, very concrete, and very tangible things. The other thing that my previous experience has helped me, and this actually goes even before teaching to when I was a camp counselor, I was in front of like 300 kids at one time. And so that made me very comfortable with being in front of people and being who I am. That helped me as a teacher when I was teaching like 40 kids in a classroom. But also, like I mentioned last Friday, I was doing this public speaking gig. I had 120 people in the room and it, I mean, it felt so easy. It felt so natural. And that's not because I'm like a public speaking guru. It's because I've had so much experience standing in front of people and being able to communicate that message in a simple way.
0: That, I love that. Um, This is like what I focus on so much with people who are starting their business or, you know, growing their business through growing their personal brand is what are all of those talents and skills and the expertise that you already have and then package it up with the your passion and you know what what it is that you want to do now and how can you use all those skills and it's amazing to me I always say like I can spin anything (laughs) like I'm a writer right I can spin anything and so like how do we use all of these different areas that you have experience in or whatever and start to pull from you know draw from those and leverage them for what it is you want to do so it's awesome that you're so clear on that um i don't know if you just heard my notification but i thought i had those turned off okay (laughs) well
1: and if i can just jump in yeah um and and i apologize i don't know if i'm talking too much i I can't see you and so i can't like read you to know like no this, so no this is great no this is great the only thing I'll, I'll add on to that is is two things so first of all yeah you you have to know what those things are and the reason we don't is because they feel very easy and natural to us they feel normal and mundane you know i loved uh talking to lila smith she was saying the same thing that you know there's these things that are so uniquely incredible about you but because they feel easy to do we'll discount them mm-hmm. and th- the second thing that we do as people is a lot of times we're waiting for confirmation that what we have that's unique about us is actually unique and so we're waiting for someone to come along to say oh my gosh you're amazing at that you're incredible uh-huh. at that and the problem with that thinking is sure that encouragement will come from time to time but it's few and far between and so if your fuel for owning those abilities comes from other people you're, you're gonna be waiting a long time to get enough fuel to actually go out and do something meaningful that has to start with you in your own belief system. You know, you have to, you have to create your own fuel so that you're actually creating the momentum that is causing people to notice you and see you and think, Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know? So like, for example, uh, at that speaking gig, I had someone come up to me afterwards and they were like, dude, you're phenomenal. That was incredible. But that wasn't like the, you know, I wasn't like desperate for affirmation. What was like, Oh, thank God. Someone told me I was good at this. <laughs> it 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 was like, for me, it was like agreement. It was, I already believe this about myself. I already know that I'm good at this. Okay, now this is good agreement for me. That's, that's Here's someone that I got to impact because I owned it in the first place.
0: Mm-hmm that yeah that's that is great advice that is that is good advice now i know why it should be great advice um coach i didn't want com, to
1: be but... i didn't want to be arrogant You're I right, want to be obnoxious right. so <laughs> i, know, I know it's at least good i don't <laughs> yeah. know how great it is
0: no that's wonderful i love it um how did you i mean just how did you come up with the the name i mean because a lot of people kind of yeah. really stress over the name but i mean did it just come to you or did somebody did people keep telling you like that's such good advice or
1: I, re- I really wish I had a super sexy story about it, and I don't. So okay. like I was, so I left my company, my consulting firm. I was with in September of 2018 and I was, I was pretty unhappy, great company, but I was pretty unhappy for my own, what I was wanting to do professionally. So like, it was like, I think August, so about a year ago, towards the end of August, before I had made the announcement that I was going to leave where I was thinking, man, I, I really want to go do this on my own. And, but I, I, it wouldn't be ethical. It wouldn't, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be right for me to do this while I'm still at my company. And so I was, I had this idea, I think I want to leave. And it was like a Sunday afternoon and, uh, was sitting at my dining room table and I was just like scribbling down just some random notes. And then I thought, well, what would I call it? And I, and it literally, that's right. What popped into my head was good advice. And I kind of just smiled and was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I think i give good advice. I like that. That's a catchy <laughs> title. Uh, cause you know, and, and honestly what my style is, I just, I'm, I just try to be a really normal, authentic person. And a lot of people who go like the consulting routes, they will call themselves, you know, their name, you know, incorporated. Or I had one guy who his company was like some Latin Latin phrase that like means like to grow. And I was just like, that's all dumb. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. just want something that's simple and people are like, yeah, okay. I like that. And so that's honestly as much as it was. And and I guess because that's my bias, whenever I talk to business owners who are like really agonizing over what they want to call their company, I'm just like, dude, it's really not it's not that big of a deal. I mean what, Yeah, it's what's, like
0: what what do you do? Right. Yeah. What do you do? It's like
1: it's like what's what's Google? Mm-hmm. You know, what's Amazon? I mean, these things these things aren't um in in, in like a vacuum. They aren't really that informative or that yeah. clever of names, but you know really it's what they did afterwards that made the name powerful it wasn't it wasn't the other way around
0: oh for sure no that that's very true i think about that all the time with uh, naming but i i just i like the simplicity of yours and i like that i'm always a fan of um names that just kind of tell people what it is you do it's it's so clear you know there's there's really no question so yeah.
1: um cool well, no. and and going back to what i said about you know people are going to love you and people are going to hate you when I thought of the name, I told my wife and she was like, I love it. It's great. I told a friend of mine and they're like, I love it. It's great. And then I told another friend of mine and she was like, I'm sorry, Blake, that's like the dumbest name. (laughs) That is so bad. And so, you know, it just goes back to, I mean, you're going to have people who just, you know, they're not, it's not even so much that they're toxic in your life. They just have another perspective and that's okay. Yeah,
0: Yeah, no, totally. I I want to, pick out one word that you used earlier, you said that you like to challenge business owners. And I know that's something that you brought up last time we talked. And so to challenge is defined as to confront or defy boldly, to arouse or stimulate, especially by presenting with difficulties. So I'm super curious about why, why and or how, however you want to take this, you approach that in your coaching.
1: Well, I, you know, I, I, opened saying how I love to encourage people. And I think sometimes people have the, I try not to use that word professionally because sometimes people have the perception that my job is to really um, encourage business owners. Like I had someone who was like, Oh my gosh, your clients must feel so positive around you all the time. And I was like, well, probably the opposite. Cause <laughs> yeah. You know, Cause you know, my job isn't to make you feel good. It's, it's twofold. It's I want to help you make more money by running a more successful business. But then also, frankly, I want the people who work for you to not hate their lives. Cause hmm. that was me. Like it was a Sunday night, the start of a work week. And it was like, like, I remember I would keep myself from going to sleep thinking I just have to delay. I have to delay the week as long as possible. Like yep. I'm miserable.
0: I and know that, just that made feeling. Me,
1: Yeah. It just made me really sad. I was like, man, life is so short. Can we like people, can we just take care of our employees? So like they don't hate their lives. Like, is that, is that so much to ask? And so you know, for me, I've always been a very, um, bold person in my perspectives. I've always been very, um, and I've, I've had to learn to be a lot more tactful, but I've always been, I've always felt like, you know, we all have a responsibility to grow and improve. And sometimes the only way to do that is through tough love and hard conversations. And so that's not to say like my, my approach when I meet with a client is to like totally crush them. It's more of, Hey, I, I care more about your success and your long-term happiness than me stroking your ego right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I will tell you the honest truth. Hey, it sounds like it sounds like you're just being a bad boss, or it sounds like you're being controlling. It sounds like you're out of that motivation of, man, I want to see you grow. I want to see you feel like you're, I want to see you feel like you're successful. Right. And so I I love the concept of you hold the ladder for other people to climb up but to be able to actually climb that ladder it takes you really throwing off the weight of you know what this part of my personality is holding me back or my my perspective on how to manage people that's it's frankly it's really ego driven is keeping me from actually being a a not just a boss that people like to work for but but my employees can actually be more productive now because one, they don't hate working for me, but also we just know how to do business better. And so I think even my LinkedIn profile says I challenge business owners to do business better. And that's, that's really my philosophy is it's, you know what, let's, let's do it the right way. Let's grow our companies the right way. And more important, let's manage our people in a way that man, I, they, they love working there. I love working for this boss. I love being part of this brand.
0: I love what you what you do because I left, I mean, I, I think entrepreneurship for me, it just kind of is in my DNA. And so I, I don't know that I ever would have been 100% happy working for someone else. But at the same time, there were definitely places that were more bearable and didn't make me want to do exactly what you were describing, right? Like Sundays, but I dreaded the week, like half of my Sunday, was dedicated just to dreading the week ahead, and that is not a good feeling. So, I think what you do is just so important. And you know, I want to add just this, just to kind of add another layer to that. Like, I don't even do what you do, but my my client, I have a client right now who he tells me, and it's really funny. He's eighty years old, okay, and um, he's been in the business for a long time. And not that you need the validation, we've already had this this conversation, but he tells me time and again, he goes, you know, over the years, what I see again and again is it's a management problem. It's a management problem. Like this is what he's constantly telling me. So I mean, it's definitely an issue. And I think it's just so awesome that you have a um, consulting agency or I don't know if that's, do you call it a consulting agency? I want to make sure. Yeah. So I I use it
1: interchangeably. Okay, Sorry.
0: good. No, 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 no. I just wanted to make yeah. sure that I was labeling it correctly. But um no, I think it's so important what you do. And uh yeah, so thank you for sharing that with us today and all of this great advice. I'm gonna call it great advice, I don't care <laughs> what your domain is. I wanted to ask you sort of a fun question because you listened to this is just random, but you listened to the podcast episode I did recently with Antoinette Minor and um you commented because you have a dog too and so I was curious because we were talking about dogs on the podcast just to be clear um so you said that you have a dog and I'm curious kind of a what role like so on the podcast I asked her right is that one of her whys and I'm curious if it's one of your whys and it's okay if it's not but what what are some of your whys
1: well um I, you know, I, I'm glad she's not in the room because I, <laughs> I probably wouldn't say my dog is one of my wives. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, it's just, it's parent training. Like we don't have any kids. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's, I have to love this thing as best as I can and <laughs> figure out all the things to do wrong right now. Yeah. Uh, so that I don't ruin someone else <laughs> later.
0: <laughs> a human.
1: Um, also I, I think what my dog does for me is she keeps me incredibly empathetic. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone who's a dog owner, they know, and it's the reason why I don't like cats because cats are so judgmental. <laughs> but, you know, dogs, they really pull this sense of empathy out of you of like, you have this creature that loves you no matter what. Right. I mean, no matter what, this animal is like, just adores you. And so she, she keeps me grounded in that way. Um, my whys in general is, is, you know, when I was a really young kid, I had somebody, I had a mentor in my life who was like, really was just like, man, Blake, you have so much to offer. And I want you to know the God-given value that you have. I don't want you to waste your life. I I really want you to know there's something unique about you and there's something unique you have to offer. And that's something that I've carried with me all the way when I was a teacher. That was a big part of my messaging to my kids was, was, you know, you have no idea what you're capable of and like what you could go on and accomplish. And it kind of sounds a little hokey, but I mean, it's like, it's, it's, you need people in your life who can confirm that. And that's also the driver for my business now is, is I, I love the idea of helping other people recognize their giftings and be more successful because of it. And so if that's Mm -hmm. a business, if that's, you know, through the people that they're stewarding, you know, it's, it's like the multiplication effect. It's, it's, if I can help a boss understand business better and understand management better, you know we all we've talked about like those horror stories of those companies that we have all worked for it doesn't have to be that way i mean i've also heard stories my brother-in-law works for a company where it's 300 employees and their boss just took them all to a all expenses paid uh resort in in uh the caribbean mm. uh, in, Ca- in cabo and i'm like man wow maybe i should stop being an entrepreneur and come <laughs> to you right like that's that can be realistic. Or actually I talked to a business owner a couple days ago where he said, Hey man, I have, I have $20,000 extra, extra in our account. I have five employees. I think I'm just going to give it to them. What do you think about that? And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. You know? And so for me, it's this multiplication effect of if I can help you do it better, it's not just your life that's better. It's your employees lives who they can go on to be happier, healthier, um, and more fulfilled. And so that's, that's a big driver for me. And it's honestly what gets me energized and gets me um, really just aggressive about finding new clients and, and really doing the best I can for them.
0: That's awesome. What a great mission and a great why. And I have to say, you know, Antoinette and I, we definitely have other whys. <laughs> but <laughs> see, no. See, no, I gave you
1: great. this really obnoxious <laughs> answer of like, you know, oh, is your dog your why? And I gave you like the <laughs> Let me give you the really powerful answer.
0: No, so. no, I love it. I mean, of course we all, we do have otherwise, you know, for, for me, I mean, I won't rattle on because people have heard them in previous episodes and all that, but I appreciate that, um, that share. And of course your dog doesn't have to be your wife. It's just a funny trend I've seen more than just, uh, you know, I've seen other people share. So thought I'd ask, but um, I so appreciate this conversation. It's super valuable. I know that people are going to get so much from this and I want them to connect with you. So where can people find you and connect with you?
1: Yeah, so I, I, I've, never tr- I've always tried to be as approachable as possible. And so my email address, Blake at goodadvicecoaching.com, is a really great, w- great way to reach out to me. The second thing that people can do is they can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm incredibly active on there. I'm, there, I'm on there every day. Um, and so they can message me on there or uh, follow me on there. I have a podcast myself. It's called the Blake Benz Podcast. I have a really awesome guest coming up uh, here next week. I think you might know her. <laughs> I
0: think uh,
1: I do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then lastly, I do have a management program. I have a four-week online uh, management program where I meet with a group of people and basically walk them through how to hire well, how to manage well, and basically how do you, how do you actually scale your business in a sustainable, productive way. Uh, and that's on my website, goodadvicecoaching.com.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much again for taking the time today. I really enjoyed this conversation and I'm always sad to hang up because I always have way more questions than we have time for, but um, really appreciate it, Blake. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe and tell your friends. If you wanna learn better branding and communication skills or more about this podcast, please visit www.candidlyerin.com or just say the word podcast.com. You can also find me everywhere on social media at candidly Aaron, and make sure to use the hashtag just say the word in your social media posts. So I can see your stories of resilience, transformation, and lessons learned because your story matters. Remember your story is your legacy. Everybody has a story and the world should hear yours.